0: Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chuck Ramsey. I was rooting for you! We were all rooting for you! How dare you! Congratulations, you're a meathead son, but you know what? Don't ever put your hands in my underwear. This one. Where's the land last 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 Offended. Yeah. I mean, you really don't want to make friends around here, do you? I I didn't come here for that. Hi everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality the podcast dedicated to the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode 54. And I would like to thank you all so much for joining me once again, um, especially considering I kind of ghosted last week. Uh, So sorry about that. Sorry, guys. It's just, it was, it's been a hard two weeks. It had been a really hard couple of weeks, just getting back into the swing of things and all of the, depression and anxiety from what was going on really hit me hard and I just could not focus I I still am having a really hard time focusing and getting things done um to the point where I'm like do I have adult ADHD like I kind of want to look into that after all of this is over and we can go back to having like non-essential doctor's appointments. Um, but I'm like, maybe I need Adderall. Uh but yeah, I I just was having an extremely hard time getting things done and focusing and writing my notes. And that's all there was to it, was that I just could not focus and write my notes and I probably could have put my nose to the grindstone and pumped something out last week, but I just wasn't feeling it and I just need to take some time to do some self-care and relax. Um, So I did that, and I'm feeling much better this week. So hopefully things will be normal in terms of my podcast release schedule, at the very least, uh, normal again soon. Um, But I hope everyone is doing okay themselves. If you are having a hard time like I was, you know, just be kind to yourself. Be compassionate with yourself. Take it easy. You don't need to be super productive. Just do the self-care that you need to do to keep yourself safe and healthy and as happy as possible. Um, So with that, that's about all of the housekeeping I have because, you know, that's where we are right now is everyone has to talk about what's going on and how we're caring for ourselves first before we jump into anything these days. Um, So in my last episode, I had mentioned that I wanted to talk about a show where people had it worse off than me. Which is why I talked about 16 and Pregnant, but that backfired. Hell, maybe that was the reason why I got so depressed over the last couple of weeks is because I spent like three days watching a bunch of 16 and Pregnant episodes and then I was just like, God, I don't want to (laughs) move. I don't want to like get out of bed and do anything um, so I didn't want to do something like that anymore. I wanted to watch something, yes, where people are having a worse time than me, but also where it's like, I guess the stakes aren't real, like someone's lives, like it is on 16 and pregnant. So I decided that I wanted to revisit Survivor. Um, and this was a great idea. I haven't watched Survivor since I first Watched it last year for my very, very first episode of the podcast ever, where I watched the first season of Survivor. Um, But I really enjoyed it back then. I really enjoyed The Amazing Race when I watched it as well. Um, Those are kind of similar vibes, in my opinion. Like, it's kind of the same show, just two different setups, more or less. But I love it. It's just, like, it's fun, it's exciting, but it's also, like, it's high stakes in the sense that it's exciting, but it's low stakes in the sense that, like, nothing matters. Like, none none of this affects anything. So, yeah, it was good. Um I had a really fun time watching that. Actually, I got so caught up, I watched all of my Survivor season that I'm going to talk about for this podcast, and then I started <laughs> watching another season of Survivor, and then I was like, eh, "I'm kind of over Survivor." And then I went and watched season 5 of The Amazing Race just cuz I wanted to. And I'm not even going to like talk about it. I just wanted to watch it. Um so yeah, that's what I've been up to basically over the past 2 weeks is watching a bunch of old ass reality show and King of the Hill. I've been watching a lot of King of the Hill, too anyway we were talking about survivor um we're actually going to talk about survivor pearl islands uh that is season seven i do believe of survivor since my first episode ever i talked about like the inception and the origins of survivor i didn't really want to go into that again for the background and since i talked about like my personal background my personal experience with the show in that first episode there's nothing really to say there other than like All of that is still true and I haven't really watched any more since then other than this one season. Um, But yeah, we'll just go into the background of the season itself because there's some interesting stuff there. Um, So this is Survivor Pearl Islands, which was filmed on the Pearl Islands off of Panama. It was filmed from June 23rd, 2003 to July 31st, 2003 and then it aired from September 18th to December 14th of that year um this is I think I talked about this in my first episode but Survivor like really going back and looking at the filming schedule and stuff on Wikipedia they are just are they just constantly filming Survivor like does the crew get any kind of break or is it just like a year-round sort of thing because they pump out like three seasons a year they film them just back to back to back on the same fucking random ass island they'll film like five seasons in a row on the same like random set of islands and then they'll go to another place and film five seasons in a row so I'm curious is there just like a bunch of people out in the middle of the ocean somewhere like who were filming survivor and then like the pandemic hit and then they ended filming and they're like you can't go home though is there gonna be like survivor pandemic survivor quarantine I bet that's gonna be a thing next year mark my words um so this season Survivor Pearl Islands had a pirate theme which I loved because I was fucking obsessed with pirates when I was a kid. I think it started watching Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of Black Pearl because you know every young girl who's obsessed with pirates I feel like it starts off with that but I also really enjoyed this other book that I read called Pirates! Exclamation point! I think I read that in sixth grade and that was a that was a good book. Um, so yeah I was I got really into pirates And I learned a lot about pirates and also the British Royal Navy because of this other book series I was into that was British Royal Navy but had some pirates in it. It was fine. (laughs) So, yeah, I was, like, really obsessed with pirates to the point where we did a lesson on pirates when I was in 8th grade because in 8th grade we did South Carolina history. I don't know why, but it was specifically South Carolina history and Charleston, I guess, has a history of pirates (laughs) being in and around the port I'm pretty sure Blackbeard actually was brought into the Charleston port or Blackbeard's head was brought into the Charleston port after he died anyway I got to present to my class about pirates my teacher just let me talk to the class about pirates just because I knew so much about pirates and it was great because I'm a fucking know-it-all and I love attention so that was probably one of the best memories from middle school um, so the two original tribes from this season were Drake and Morgan, named after Sir Francis Drake and Henry Morgan, two famous pirates, or rather privateers, technically. And the game actually started by surprising the contestants by marooning them on desert islands, wearing only the clothing on their backs, They originally thought that they were going to be headed out to do a promotional photo shoot. So they were all wearing all of these different clothes that were supposed to represent, you know, their personalities. And there are lots of girls in like cute sundresses. And there was a guy who was wearing an Armani suit. And then Jeff was like, nope, jump off the boat and (laughs) swim to the land because this is, we're starting now. Um, I also wanted to say that one of the contestants who unfortunately, I'm really, really sad, we're not going to talk about him much because he's not in the episode he was eliminated before the episode that I'm going to talk about but he is my absolute favorite he was immediately my favorite I thought he was so cool his name is Rupert Bonaham I'm assuming is how it's pronounced he was a member of the Drake tribe and he became a fan favorite as well um. So he went on to compete in the next season, All-Stars, which was filmed November 3rd, 2003 through December 11th, 2003, which means Rupert got home from Pearl Islands, was home for like a few weeks, and then had to like pack up and go film All-Stars. Also, if you remember, it was airing, Pearl Islands was airing until December 14th, 2003. That last episode was a live finale. So that means... Rupert got home from All-Stars, had 3 days, and then had to go film the live finale for Pearl Islands. So, just like shout out to him. Uh the Drake tribe started out incredibly strong this season. They were winning reward and immunity challenges back to back to back, and then finally one of the players, Burton, conspired to throw a challenge so that basically they could finally vote someone off and get rid of some of like one of the annoying people on the team. But it uh, backfired, and he was actually the one voted off. And then after that, the other team, the Morgan Tribe, started to gather steam after that first win, and soon the tribes were evened up. And then this season also was notable because it was the first one to have a twist of the Outback. No, the Outcast, not the Outback. The Outcast Tribe, they came back with six eliminated, eliminated players, and they competed for a chance to return. So we had two players that came that were previously eliminated, and then later on got a chance to return, Burton and Lil. So the episode that we are going to talk about is probably one of the most famous episodes of Survivor ever, like, or at least has one of the most famous moments in Survivor, second only to, or maybe vying for first with Sue's infamous rat and snake speech. I wanted to do an episode from before when Rupert gets voted out because I mean this is a good season. There's like a lot of good episodes anyway and I just really wanted to talk about Rupert because I love him. But this there's a lot that happens in this on top of the iconic moment like there's a good twist that happens in the immunity challenge. There's an explosive moment that goes on at the beginning of the episode. There's some good, like, plotting and making and breaking of alliances all within, like, the last 15 minutes of the show. So it's a pretty good episode to talk about, just, you know, to kind of talk about the season in context overall, as well as talk about the iconic moment that happens. Oh so this is dang I forgot to write down what (laughs) I always write down what episode it is uh I think it's episode 11 sorry guys but like I said it's Survivor Pearl Islands I think it's season 7 episode 11 it has a name but I didn't write it down I'm I'm really sorry like I said I can't focus like things are hard for me right now I'm really struggling so sorry that's all I can say basically So we get our previously on, um, John. So I felt like I should have gone through who these people are. I meant to do that too. I'm just, I'm so scattered. So I'm going to talk about some of the, contestants really quick Burton like I mentioned earlier him and Lil were the two that had been voted out previously came back John is the infamous Johnny Fairplay he plays a really big role in this episode if you are familiar with Survivor or familiar with his name you'll probably know what I'm going to talk about what happens Um, Sandra and Krista are two members who were really close to Rupert before he got voted out Dara and Tijuana or T T and D as they're called are two other uh, players who are just kind of there they're like don't really have much of an edit one way or another all right i think that's everyone that you need to know about so on the previously on john and burton had hatched a plot with the former morgan tribe to vote rupert out lil and burton had won the reward challenge but burton gave it up to john it was a fishing trip so john and burton kind of plotted together on what john could say to lil while they were out together to convince Her to vote the way that they wanted her to. Sandra overheard their plotting. Sandra's always overhearing things and kind of just tucking that knowledge away for the future in case she needs it. Um, And then Burton won the immunity challenge last episode. And then at trial council, Rupert, Sandra, and Krista were very shocked by Rupert's unexpected elimination. All right, we get our fabulous theme song, which I'm obsessed with. And then it opens on to night 27. We are at the Balboa tribe camp, the Balboa tribe being the tribe name after the merger. Everything is in night vision. It's like super dark out and there's tension in the camp. So basically we will come in on Krista being really shocked that Rupert was eliminated and Sandra starts yelling at John, talking about what a backstabber he is. John jumps in and claims that Sandra was just riding on Rupert's coattails. And then it flashes over to John in a talking head where he says that the tribal council was one of his proudest moments, of course, because he really felt like he manipulated the situation to be exactly where he wanted it to be. Um, So Sandra's yelling at John and then Burton notices that the bucket of fish that I guess Rupert had caught prior to them going to tribal council and set aside for later had been thrown out. So Burton asks Sandra if she did it. She says no. She's like, I'm fucking hungry. no um and then he immediately rolls on krista claims that krista did it everyone starts getting angry at krista she insists that she didn't do it and now she's upset because she thinks she's going to be voted off next we get um a lovely little bumper here a night vision shot that the editors put in of the hermit crabs feasting on the dead fish so that's very graphic um and the little like snacking sounds of the hermit crabs eating is not pleasant it's the worst kind of ASMR. <laughs> so the next day is day 28. The next morning, John asks, Burton asks John, rather, to go look for the fish, I guess, wherever they got dumped out while he gets water. He says in his talking head, Burton here says that he could smell the fish smell coming out of the woods all night long, so he knows they're not very far away. And then as he and Lil are walking back to the well to get some water, he I guess trips over the pile of dead fish and basically discovers that they had been, you know, very obviously just dumped out in the woods. So Lil says in her talking head that she thinks that Krista dumped the fish because she was good friends with Rupert and she was mad that he got voted off. So I guess everyone just starts yelling at Krista again, because they're convinced that she did it. Burton claims that she's the only one who could have done it because there was, I guess, a moment where she was out of sight from everyone. And she says that she didn't do it, but Burton of course says that she's lying. So, Krista has a talking head here where she says she had a 30 second period of time where she was putting her canteen up, and that's kind of the moment that they thought she had to go dump the fish. And she says she feels horrible because everyone is blaming her, and she has no way to prove that she didn't do anything wrong. So, while all this is happening, all of this confrontation, people are yelling at Krista. Um, we see this close up moment of Sandra kind of walking off screen, and she like grimaces to the camera. And then we get a talking head and she says, when we got back to camp, I kept thinking, you know what? They're not coming and enjoying Rupert's fish. Screw that. So I got up to camp first and I grabbed the bucket of fish and it was so damn heavy. And I trip on a vine and I spill all the fish. And then she says that she basically just started arguing with John to the point that it saved her because no one ever pointed the finger at her as being the one who spilled the fish. So she knows that if she goes to tell Krista the, what the truth is, that she was the one who dumped the fish, um, Krista would immediately go tell everyone else. Sandra would be eliminated. So basically she has no choice but to, to keep the secret to herself. Uh, and Krista's kind of crying to Tijuana saying that she didn't do it. And she says in her talking head that she feels so alone and she just wants to go home and be with her man. All right. So then everyone gathers up for the reward challenge. So the group walks out to this cliff overlooking the ocean. It looks like from this angle, it's a very dramatic angle and it looks like it's quite the cliff and there are these six planks jutting out from the edge. Later on, there's another perspective and you're like, okay, maybe this is like 10 feet up, like maybe 15, not, not the like 200 foot cliff face that it kind of looks like at the very start. So Jeff explains that this challenge is based on the pirate punishment of walking the plank. But the twist is that it's not the survivors who are going to be walking the plank. It's their loved ones. So with that, um, the loved ones come out one by one. It's people's like husbands and mothers and friends. Uh, The first person is Sandra's husband, Marcus. Sandra's very like low key. I kind of wanted to be like, okay, girl, like, you know, get a little excited. This is your man. Um, Tijuana's, they introduce him as her high school sweetheart slash still very good friend, William. She calls him Billy um Burton's mom is there Lil's husband Lonnie and Lil is like sobbing it's really like the most emotional reunion I definitely cried watching it the first time Dara's boyfriend Bradley Krista's fiance Pete she's also sobbing she's a close second to Lil and then last but not least out comes this strange ginger man just stepping out from behind this pile of rocks flashing his little peace signs like Johnny Fairplay does it's John's friend Dan so John walks up to his friend and he asks how his grandma is and Dan says she died dude and so Jeff asks him you know what's happening what's going on and Johnny says you know it was either going to be my buddy who was coming or my grandma and my grandma's not here for a reason he just says that he wants to win this so he can get some more information about what happened So Jeff explains the challenge, and basically it's like the newlywed game. The survivors and their loved ones get asked a series of questions. They have to write their answers down on these different boards, and if the answers match, then that survivor gets to pick someone else's loved one to take a step on the plank. So there are three steps you can take, and then you have to jump off the plank and you're out of the game. The last person standing wins the reward, which is to have their loved one come back to the camp and spend 24 hours with them. So all of the loved ones take their places on the planks and the game begins. And the first question is, what is your survivor's nickname? So Sandra and Marcus match up. T and Billy, T and Billy have an issue. They don't match up on a lot of things. T writes Tia because that's what her niece calls her apparently. And Billy writes Marissa. (laughs) And she's like, oh, Marissa. Oh, which I'm sure is some kind of inside joke, which is kind of hilarious. Um, But I'm just like why why would you you got to think about who you're playing with like this is your friend Billy your friend from high school your high school sweetheart like think about like what inside jokes you had in high school don't think about what your niece calls you um Lil writes Lil Lonnie writes big Lil but that counts as a match seems like it shouldn't but whatever uh Johnny Fairplay and his friend get a match the answer to that is Johnny Fairplay Um, my favorite is dara uh, and her boyfriend so dara says that her nickname is nub nut which is really fun to hear jeff Propes pronounce um her boyfriend just says dj which i think are just her initials dara johnson so not a match burton matches with his mom burton and then krista matches with her fiance because her nickname is lovey how cute uh sandra gets to pick the first person to step back on the plank and she picks Fairplay's buddy which i love like ruthless love it girl um lil picks sandra's husband jeff calls on johnny and johnny gets all pissy that sandra picked his buddy so he says you know i mean i have a million questions i'd like to know about my grandmother but obviously some people don't give a fuck so and sandra's like hey it's not about you all the time and lil's like his grandmother just died so Johnny tells Marcus to take another step back on the plank, just just to be an asshole, just as revenge against Sandra. Um, so on and so forth. The next question, what is your survivor's favorite home-cooked meal? T and Billy miss it again because they're not on the same page. Uh, Lil, Sandra, and Johnny all match with their partners. My favorite part is Sandra writes a rose con gandules which I mean I know I'm not pronouncing that correctly but I can I can make an attempt you know it's not that hard it's Spanish my accent isn't perfect but I can I can pronounce Spanish um and Jeff is like I can't even pronounce that sir this is season seven you've definitely been on a Spanish speaking like country before I'm sure right I'm sure they have like come on Jeff Um, another miss from Dara and her boyfriend, he said that her favorite meal is cornbread and milk, which I think is a thing, I think is a thing in the South, and I'm from the South, but I'm not, I'm not that Southern, where you just, like, put your cornbread in a bowl of milk and, like, smush it all up and turn it into basically, like, a bread pudding kind of thing. Mmm. Sounds kind of weird. Um, Lil and Sandra keep at it, they send each other's husbands back, and then Johnny finally forces Sandra's husband he's the first one he has to step off the plank the plank and then this is where you can see it like pans to the perspective of him like jumping off the plank and it's like okay it's like a 10 foot drop into the water and then they just like swim a little bit and there's a little platform that they hang out and sit on so it's really it seems very dramatic to like make someone else's loved one walk the plank but it's not that big of a deal Burton sends Krista's fiance back a space Krista sends Dara's boyfriend back and with that um, everyone is even on their green space on the planks, except of course for Marcus, who's already been sent off. Um, Dara and her boyfriend miss another question about what her dream job would be. Uh, she says modeling, and he says nurse, which is kind of funny because I'm pretty sure at the um, at the season finale uh, they're talking about Dara because her job that she says like coming into this, like when you know you have your bio on your little Chiron is mortician which I love I was like oh my god she's so cute and young this little like like skinny small cute young woman she's a mortician how cute how cool um which I like I really I really loved that for her but then at the live finale they ask her like oh are you still working with dead people and she's like um actually no I'm in school to be a nurse (sighs) which is just like she looks like she's in school to be like she looks like a nursing student (laughs) she just looks like one of those young southern women who's like goes to be a nursing student but I was so on board with her being a mortician it made me sad that she decided to be a nurse so anyway circling back my point was she says her dream job I guess modeling is truly her dream job but her boyfriend wasn't that far off since she did you know later on go to become a nurse Uh, but after they get that one wrong she's like yeah we're gonna have to have a talk when we get home (laughs) um there's a more montage of them playing one little funny moment was what personality trait might cause your survivor to lose this game and then Johnny and his friend both match by saying his mouth uh Krista's fiance and Dara's boyfriend are both forced to jump off next and then um when Burton's mom she has to jump off after that and it's really cute so as she jumps off Johnny kind of tells her oh you have a great son which is nice too and then finally, Johnny tells Billy to walk the walk the plank and jump off. And Billy, Billy seems like a nice guy. He gives Johnny his condolences, and then he cannonballs into the water. So that's kind of fun. So finally, it's just left at the end with Lil's husband, Lonnie, and then Johnny's friend, Dan. So Lil's husband, Lonnie, is at the very, very end of his plank. He could, you know, get forced to jump off after that. Uh, Dan has, like, another space to walk before he'd have to jump off. So it's coming down to this. Um... Burton gets to make the choice if it's up to him if he wants Lonnie to jump off so that Johnny can win or if he wants Johnny's friend to take a step back so that they're tied up and it goes for another round. Burton chooses Lonnie to jump off and then Jeff asks why. He says that, you know, it's it's the worst day of Johnny's life. We all want to do something nice for him. And Lil's like, yep, I understand. She's really sweet about the whole thing. Even though, again, I'd like to remind you that she was sobbing. Sobbing when her husband she saw her husband for the first time, um but you know lil's pretty nice uh so Lonnie jumps off and she like still like she reaches over and she gives Johnny a kiss on the cheek, and Johnny goes around and he's hugging everyone and he runs over to his buddy and he gives him a huge hug, and then that's when Jeff explains that the whole prize is actually going to have uh Johnny and his friend Dan they'll have the entire island to themselves, their entire camp to themselves for twenty four hours. The rest of the survivors are going to be sent to another location where they're going to have to make camp for themselves. And Jeff just gives them a machete and some waterproof matches, and that's all they get for the whole day. And Johnny thanks everyone again. Um, he introduces his friend as Thunder D. They all hug. It all seems oh, it seems very nice, very very sweet. So the main group of survivors arrive at Isla er- Isla 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 Hermida. I don't know how to say that word. Um, T tells us in her talking head that John and his friend have free reign of their shelter and their food over at Camp Balboa and the rest of them have been put on this beach with no food and no shelter. We see Burden open a coconut, but it turns out to be rotten. And then he reiterates in his talking head that they basically all agreed to let John have this time with his friend because his grandma passed away and all of their loved ones will still be there for when- them when they get home. So Lil says in her talking head that she so wanted to she wanted so badly to see Lonnie for longer but then John got the news about his grandma and she says you know I've gotten to know John he hurts just as much as anyone and this is what we had to do for him to have some time to talk over his grandmother's death with his friend and then of course the editors cut us right on over to Camp Balboa where John and his friend are walking down the beach together with shit-eating grins on their faces slapping hands and then John says that was a brilliant performance sir um so yeah John tells us that right now his grandma is sitting at home watching Jerry Springer and he explains that you know you're you should take every single advantage possible and if you don't you're a fool and so this is where John has his talking head where he explained that or Dan, sorry, Dan, the friend, has his talking head where he explained that it was all John's idea. Basically, John called him before he left on the show and said that, you know, if you get a call from the producers, uh, tell them that my grandma died or, like, tell me that my grandma died when you get down here. John is giddy. He's, like, talking to his friend, talking about how, like, he's the ringmaster here, how he's never even come close to being voted off. And Dan's like, yeah, well, your teammates are going to kill you when they find out. And your grandma's going to hate you. But they're both laughing. They're just, they think it's going to be great. So this is what kills me. He, I mean, I have to respect? Question mark? Not really respect. Because how can you really respect someone who who did this? But like, I understand. I I respect the the desire to strategize and to take every advantage that you can in this game but like this is not even an advantage in any way. This is just a loved one's challenge for you to like hang out with someone that you love for a day. And like yeah I'm glad that you got to hang with your friend, but there are people whose like moms and husbands were there. Like people who matter more than your friend. Like if your grandma had come then people probably would have been more willing to like would have been happy to let you win not let you win but like you know people would understand because it's like your grandma they would want you to like spend time with your grandma but I don't know just to like people let him win so that he could talk this over with his friend and like hash it out and get some answers as to what happened with his grandma's death but he's like not even getting any advantage from just having his friend hang out with him for a day and he does try to use this like later on you know he swears on his grandma a few times and he talks about how like his grandma's last wish was to have him win Survivor but like that's not going to make a difference like at that point people are gonna be like yeah but we would let you win that one challenge like we're not gonna just let you we're not gonna hand you the game because your dead grandma wants it um so it's just like wild to me that he did this that he pulled this lie for basically no return on it just I think that's why it's so wild like that's why it's so infamous this this moment of lying is because you did it for what for what though like what benefit you got to hang out with your friend thunder d for a day and he didn't even like it (laughs) like he had to stay at this camp and eat fish and you know coconuts i guess that's all they have it's like no come on all right so it's day 29 the rest of the survivors head back to camp um dan has to leave Dan asked if they were all right. He was like, oh, well, you, were you guys okay somewhere else? And they were like, no, no, we had a bad night. <laughs> we, didn't, we don't even see any footage from that night. I think they were all probably just like huddling together and crying or something. And then Dan gets boated off the island. So Sandra has a voiceover. Um, she says that she and Krista have been w- looking for ways to put stuff in Tijuana's head because they feel like she's the one who really holds the power with her vote. And they can e- she can either vote with them or against them. And Sandra's only hope is that T and D realize that they can't trust John and Burton. And Sandra basically tries to convince T that she's going to be the next one out after Krista. And then it's the night of the 29th. Or it's night 29. (laughs) Not of the 29th. What am I saying? Um, Burton and John go off for a walk. And then Sandra has a voiceover. She says that, you know, oftentimes she'll just sneak up behind people to eavesdrop. Just so that she knows what's going on everywhere in the camp. So this is where she tells T wanted to come with her, and they follow Burton and John out into the woods, and they overhear them talking. And basically, Burton is talking about how he wants he and John to be top two, and then when the time is right, they'll talk about how he, John, and Lil will be top three. They'll tell Lil later. T overhears them plotting about all of these things, and basically how they're going to say whatever they need to to whoever they need to to get whatever they want. Um, how you know Burton's gonna go talk to Lil and John's gonna go talk to T and D or vice versa or something like that and they'll get everyone to vote exactly how they want them to Sandra says in her talking head here that the timing was perfect that it's better for T to hear with her own ears what the boys are saying rather than have Sandra put say things and put doubts in her head or put things in her head and Dara had and wanna have doubts god I cannot keep up with all of these people uh basically there are no doubts there like t her with her own two ears what the guys are plotting so t has a talking head where she says that she's definitely going to refocus on how she plays the game uh she immediately goes over to dara and tells her what she overheard they thought that they were going to be in the final three t d and john but now they realize that the boys are not planning that they need to rethink how they're going to move forward and dara basically says that if burton doesn't win immunity tomorrow he's out So it's the next day, day 30, the survivors arrive at their immunity challenge. And Jeff explains that since, you know, they've been here for a month, they haven't eaten well, they haven't slept, this is going to be a challenge to test their ability to think clearly. And it's going to be a word scramble. Um, Something that I thought was kind of interesting that I found when I was doing just some research, and this was a while ago that I did this research, Um, not this research specifically, but it was a while ago that I read this. So I don't remember where I read it. Uh, But I think it was that someone, I think it was like a producer or someone, was at a party or was at a friend's house and there was a, their like friend's younger daughter, like 10 or 11 years old or something, said that she had an idea for a challenge, which was basically this, a word scramble, and then later on they used her idea for the challenge. So that's kind of cool. So each of the survivors have a board with three words on it, which in this case are Survivor Pearl Islands. And using those letters, they need to make 25 new words um, from those three original words. And there are certain like letter length requirements. um, So they have to have so many three-letter words, so many four-letter words, so on and so forth, including two seven-letter words. So it's a little bit difficult it kind of is reminding me of like a words with friends or they have those word scramble games which you would think I would be really really good at because I'm an English major but uh I'm not I I feel like I would I feel like if this were me playing Survivor which of course like every time I watch Survivor I'm like oh I could so go on Survivor I would definitely win Survivor but like I don't like being dirty I am a really like not even picky eater just like a fussy eater like if food it doesn't taste good to me I just don't want to eat it at all I can't imagine going and eating like just plain fish with no seasoning for 30 days straight or rats or whatever the fuck survivor people have to eat but I feel like if I were playing survivor if I were there and I saw this challenge happen I'd be like oh fuck yes I got this in the bag I'm gonna win immunity I'm feeling so good and then I would like play it and I would like panic and freeze and not actually have any words So the first person to have 25 correct words wins. Everyone takes their spot at the board and the game starts and everyone starts, you know, they're writing out their words. It's basically like they have the three words are made out of tiles like Scrabble tiles almost big versions of Scrabble tiles basically so that they can use the words the, the letter tiles to rearrange and help them figure out what words they can write down and then on the other side of their board is a chalkboard so they have a piece of chalk and they can write out their list of 25 words so everyone's writing Krista is the first one to call done Jeff stops everyone makes everyone turn around and then he checks through Chris's board It turns out that she spelled a word wrong, so she is out of the game. She cannot continue competing, and then the rest of the survivors resume. T calls done next, but she used a plural, which was against the rules. There had been a few rules. One of those was no plurals. Another is like no names or capital nouns, that sort of thing. John calls done next, but he has a word misspelled, so he's out. And then finally, Burton calls done. so Jeff checks the board, he tells them that Burton wins the immunity, he gives the immunity idol to Burton, and they all start heading back to camp. But before they all get away, Jeff calls them all back, tells them that he, they need to come back, and then he says that he was looking at Burton's board again, and noticed that there was a misspelling so it was on the word liaison which Burton had spelled as l-i-a-s-o-n but the correct spelling is l-i-a-i-s-o-n uh so what's kind of funny was the first time that Burton said I'm done and Jeff came over to like read his board through the camera pans down his board and you can see a bunch of the different words that he wrote down and I noticed liaison and I was like did you spell that right I don't think that's spelled right but then Jeff is like okay you're all good and I was like oh okay I guess he must have spelled that right and then he calls him back he's like nope you spelled this word wrong and I was like ah fuck yeah I got it so I was kind of proud of myself there Jeff tells him what they're gonna do um Burton's out of the game and then the only people who are still in the game are Sandra, Dara, and Lil going to give them three new words and then they'll have one minute to come up with as many four letter or more words as they can so the three new words are outwit outplay and outlast the three women go through and this is kind of exciting because this is the first time where it's even possible that a woman is going to have the immunity idol a woman is going to win immunity for the first time this game um so jeff goes through and counts all of their words lil has 10 dara has 14 sandra is last she only has 12 so dara wins immunity and this is actually the first i think of three times in a row that dara wins immunity here at the end of the season which is kind of wild so she's not only the first woman woman to have one immunity but she like wins it back to back to back and then they all head back to camp So after the immunity challenge, Dara and T are walking together, and it's kind of time to discuss what is going to happen at Tribal Council. And T says that they are the sway votes. They're either going to decide if they'll have the strongest player leave, which is Burton, or they'll have one of the most antagonistic players in the game leave, which would be Krista or Sandra. So they sit down to talk and strategize and they kind of come to the realization that this is probably their only chance to get Burton out of the game. So they decide to focus on him and Krista can go next. And they're like, well, she has three extra days. You know, she thought she was going home today. We're giving her three extra days. She should be happy. And she goes to John. Well, she says, John's going to have no option but to be on our side. So it's fine. And cuts over to Sandra and Krista hanging out in the water. And Sandra's saying that they should get rid of Burton first as well. And they, says, they she says that after Burton, they'll move on to plan number two, but she doesn't elaborate on what that means. So I'm kind of curious as to when they had decided all of their plans and numbered them out and <laughs> had this code where we can discuss plan number one, plan number two, so on and so forth. Sandra says, just like Rupert was crushed, he'll be crushed, which I guess she's referring to Burton since he's kind of the one who led the charge on voting Rupert out cuts back to T and D talking to John and then this is where they're telling him the plan he's like well I mean I mean I've just preferred to be Krista but I understand and T's just like yep right you understand you have to go with the majority or your butt is on the line so John says in his talking head here that Burton is one of his best allies and he certainly doesn't want to get rid of him so we see John walking with Krista and Sandra and he basically tells them that he wants to keep Burton so that they can all keep eating because Burton is pretty much the only person who does any of the fishing, and he at least acknowledges that they don't owe him anything um he says, you know i I deserve a finger to the face, but you know, just listen to me like, please, and he tells Krista that Tijuana hates her guts and promised her up for as promised her up on a silver platter in exchange for his vote tonight, voting off Burton. John says that he wants T to go but doesn't think doesn't and doesn't think that she deserves to be there and Sandra admits that she's scared to align herself with John because he's burned her in the past uh and then Krista sweet dear Krista says asked if he'll promise them top four you know Lil's out you'll have us in top four and he swears on his grandmother that they can trust him so I'm sure it seems very dramatic when a man who just lost his grandmother swears on her, but obviously we know that that means nothing to John. So it's time for tribal council. Ryan O, Rhino as he's called, which is fun. And Rupert come in because they are the first two members of the jury. And Jeff has his sort of pre-voting debrief breakdown of what's going on he asked Tijuana what's going on with the tribe right now she says that it's basically just in chaos no one really knows exactly what's going on Jeff asked Sandra where is the tribe right now and something I think is kind of interesting so Sandra brings up what happened at the last tribal council um or after the last tribal council how the fish were all dumped out how there was shouting how Krista was the one being blamed I just think that's really bold for Sandra to bring that back up when she's the one who dumped out the fish in the first place. Like if I were her, I'd be like, let's all just kind of move on from this. Like even if I'm not under any suspicion, I just wouldn't want to bring it back up. I just wouldn't want to remind people that that happened and give them the opportunity to consider that maybe I had something to do with it. But she does, and I guess it works for her. Um, Jeff asks Krista if she is still taking the blame. And she says, you know, this is where she was gone for 30 seconds putting her canteen up, but she didn't do it even if she can't prove anything. Of course, that doesn't really mean much to everyone else when they are convinced that she dumped the fish. And then Jeff asks about, not asks, but kind of brings up what happened at the reward challenge and brought up John's grandmother and how everyone decided to let him win. And then this little rat says, you know, yeah, that was definitely one of the saddest days of my life, but it meant a lot to me for everyone to just come together for me like that um he asked Burton who he trusts Jeff asked Burton who he trusts and Burton says that he'd like to think he can trust a lot of people but you don't have to trust someone to have an alliance with them which I don't know that seems like you kind of do because you have to trust that they're not going to betray the alliance because you know we're about to see people think something's gonna happen and other things happen um and Jeff asked John if he would be willing to betray anyone in the game to get what he wants. And John says that several days ago, his answers would have said yes, but, you know, his his priorities have just changed. It's just like, mm, okay, whatever, fucker. So it's time to vote. Sandra is up first, but we don't get to see who she votes for. So, like, whatever the editors do this, where it's like we, we don't see them turn to the camera and kind of give their little spiel about, like, oh, I'm voting for so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. It's always because they're the swing vote. Something's going to change. Something's happening. They don't want us to know what happens before Jeffrey read, reads out the votes. Uh, we see Dara voting for Burton, and she tells the camera that it's just because he's the biggest threat. Krista votes. We don't see how she votes. Burton votes for Tijuana and says, you know, I know it's your birthday tomorrow, but I I don't think one of us is going to be here to see it. And T votes for Burton, and she says to camera that it's just because She heard he and John talking, and she kind of, the jig is up. John votes, we don't see who for, and then Jeff goes to tally the votes. So the first vote is for Burton, then Tijuana, then Burton, and then back to back to back, T gets three more votes, and she is voted out. And what is kind of like, I don't know if this is... sweet or horrible is that those last three votes that she sees all say happy birthday written on them because the next day is her 27th birthday and she gets voted out like on her birthday which sucks like uh I can't I can't imagine anything worse than being like having to get kicked off a reality show like on an important day like my favorite thing this is just like my favorite Tyra Banks moment. I'm going to talk about America's Next Top Model for a second is I don't remember what cycle it is. I want to say it's like cycle 4, cycle 5. It's one of the early cycles, I know. When the girl, I don't remember which girl, Rebecca maybe. <laughs> I don't know how oh, I forgot Michelle. I don't know. Um basically it's like her high school graduation. And she has they go to judging. Like she's missing her high school graduation because she like left the end of high school to go on America's Next Top Model they go to judging and she like she's like oh well the one thing I just don't want to happen is I don't want to get kicked out on my high school graduation and then that's of course what happens is she's the one who's sent home and she starts crying and she was like that's oh, my high school graduation and then Tyra that bitch is just like well you know a lot of girls didn't make it here and they would be like thankful to miss their graduation just to get kicked off of America's Next Top Model from me <laughs> oh it's so good Um, but anyway, I just hate when that, I hate, I hate to see that for people. That really sucks when it's like an important day and you get kicked off of your reality TV show on that day. So Tijuana is voted out. She brings her torch to Jeff. He extinguishes it. She leaves. And then as the credits roll and we see everyone show how they voted, T has her final monologue and she basically just says that there is no animosity towards anyone. Um, and she's proud of herself for having made jury. So, you know, that's sweet. Like that's a good attitude to have. So that is the end of this episode. Of course, I had to talk about this because of just that moment with Johnny Fairplay where he fucking lied about his grandma being dead. So he he could have a nothing advantage. Like, it's wild. Um, But let's do the where are they nows. So Sandra. Sandra ended up winning this season. She came down to her and Lil and she won in a 6-1 to vote. Tijuana was actually the lone vote for Lil. Um, she was initially offered a spot on all stars which was the season filmed immediately after this one but she declined because she picked up some parasites uh, while filming pearl islands and was still recovering i guess rupert was okay because that's the one that he the season that he went to go film after that she went on to win season 20 which was heroes versus villains and she was survivor's first two-time winner She was on the 34th season, Survivor Game Changers. And then also she, along with Boston Rob, who was on Survivor, but also was on Amazing Race and was on the season of Amazing Race that I recapped on my previous episode. Um, So if you want to know more about Boston Rob, go listen to that one. Uh, She and Boston Rob acted as mentors on the show's 39th season, Island of the Idols. And most recently, she competed on the 40th season, Survivor Winners at War, which I think is still currently airing. That's the one that started in February 2020, and I think it's still on the air. So she's still doing it. She's still doing the damn thing. In 2013, she was in the audience of an episode of Dr. Phil to support her fellow Survivor winner, Todd Herzog, who is struggling with alcoholism. And she's married. She has two kids. She had those two kids before she went on Survivor, so it's not really a update of where she's now. Um, From what I could see, it says that she is a secretary at a law firm in Fayetteville, North Carolina, when apparently not filming Survivor, because that's practically a full-time job for her at this point. Krista. So, Krista, I was like, okay, there probably won't be a lot of information on Krista since she was, like, never on another season of Survivor after this. Krista has her own website that has just a timeline of her life which I was kind of like overwhelmed with. I was like, do I give this, do I give this entire timeline? I don't think, I don't think people care, but you know, it's out there. Uh, So let me try and give the highlights. Um, On September 6th, 2003, she married her fiance, Peter, the one that we had seen on the show. They had one daughter, Misha Vera Wado, who was born on September 13th, 2005 um, they have since divorced. In two thousand and four, Krista started a fashion line. I don't think that was very long lived. Uh in two thousand and five, she competed on Family Feud Castaway with teammates T Tijuana. I'm trying to like read the people I know. She had Sue Hawk from season one, a couple of other survivor players that I don't know and then T was on her team. They competed against my boy Rupert, uh Richard Hatch, Rudy, Richard and Rudy both from season 1, um Johnny Fairplay and some other guy who I don't know. In 2007, this was just on her timeline on her personal website. This wasn't mentioned anywhere else, but like on her Survivor Wikipedia page, but her other two daughters are um in 2007 she had her second daughter Mila Mary, Mila Mila Mary. I don't know who the daughter's father is because she's been married twice. Her first daughter was with Peter. Her last daughter was with her current husband. Um, I don't know who the second daughter, what what man, <laughs> I was about to say what man that belongs to. <laughs> what Whose father is that? I don't, God, what am I trying to say? I don't know who her father is. Maybe Krista doesn't either. I shouldn't say that about a kid or a mom. Anyway, it's I'm getting loopy. Let's wrap this up. Uh she started a software company in 2008. Krista also apparently shot for Playboy in 2004, but the photos weren't run until 2010. She has this in her life timeline in 2010, but she said that she shot the photos back after Survivor in 2004. She did some event planning. Um she attended Survivor's 10-year anniversary party in 2010. She starred in a car wash commercial in 2013, and then in 2014, she married Dr. Ali Sephardi, Uh, And then in October 2015, she gave birth to her third daughter, Madeleine Pereza Sephardi. So that is Krista. Burton um, Burton went on to compete on the Bravo show, Battle of the Network Stars, in 2005, along with several other Survivor alum. He is the executive producer, or was the executive producer, I don't know if this still exists, of the Around the World Productions Company, which appears to have done a couple of like short TV films or internet films on January 2010. Uh, he also attended the 10-year anniversary party. Lil. Lil went to top two of this season of Pearl Islands with Sandra. Um, not a lot of information on Lil of what she's up to, from what I could find, she was apparently on a couple of episodes of the early show and the late show in 2003, I think just doing promo for Survivor. She has a Twitter account. Well, I think it's her. It might just be a rando catfishing as Lil. Who knows? Um, Where she tweets about Survivor, but she hasn't been active in a while on that. The most recent tweet, I think, is like a retweet from last year of the Scouts of America, which checks out since her like whole identity was Scoutmaster, Um, but everything else other than that is just a bunch of tweets about Survivor, where every other word is a hashtag, and then I think, like, the last tweet about Survivor is like, well, I wasn't chosen for all-stars or fan favorites or something like that, so I guess I don't need this account anymore. (laughs) There's, like, no other tweets after that, other than that one lone retweet. So I don't know what Lil's up to. If you know what Lil is up to, um, let me know. Tijuana, in 2005, T appeared as a contestant on the Family Feud, like I mentioned, um, in 2006, she was also on The prices Right. She was the first contestant to get up on stage, winning a $2,507 trip to Las Vegas. However, she did not win her pricing game and failed to make it to the showcase. And then she also attended the 10-year anniversary party. Dara. Dara also attended the 10-year anniversary party. This is on, like, everyone's page, so I just wrote it down for everyone. Uh, She has since gotten married. I don't think to that boyfriend who didn't know anything about her. I think it's to a different man. Her name is now Dara Sparachino. She has a couple of kids herself. Um, She also has a Twitter page, but I looked on that page, and the most recent tweet was a retweet of Donald Trump campaigning for some, like, Republican Mississippi politician, So I dipped out pretty quick so I didn't have to, like, immediately cancel her. But, you know, I think just by having said that, she's already canceled. So sorry, Dara. Also, you're not a mortician anymore, so I really don't care. All right. And our boy, Johnny Fairplay. So johnny johnny fairplay there was an altercation between him and danny bonaducci at the 2007 fox reality really awards and that's really all you need to know i just i love it uh he was part of the 16th season survivor micronesia fans versus favorites he was the first pre-all stars i think pre-all stars favorite to be on the show um he asked his Tried to vote him off first though so that he could return home to his pregnant girlfriend at the time he is currently i guess still currently in a feud with jeff proops due to getting into an altercation with his brother um and allegedly groping another guest at the survivor vanatu vanatu i don't know how to pronounce that word sorry uh survivor vanatu finale party he was signed to total Nonstop action wrestling after his survivor appearance because if you didn't know Johnny Fairplay, the name comes from his wrestling name because he was a professional, -professional? (laughs) semi-professional, I I guess, wrestler uh, before he was on Survivor. He was also an art consultant, apparently, which is hilarious to me because that's kind of technically what I used to do or at least got very close to doing that. Um, So it's kind of hilarious that Johnny Fairplay also was an art consultant at one point. He married Michelle Dayton from America's Next Top Model, Cycle 4, a.k.a. Flesh-Eating Bacteria Girl, if everyone remembers that. Um, who was, she was also on w, WWE's Tough Enough 2011. Uh, they were married from 20, tw- uh, sorry 2005 to 2011. They have a daughter together, had her in 2008. He and Michelle appeared on the Celebrity newly ga- Newlywed Game where he beat the monkeys Davy Jones, and his wife. Uh, They also appeared on a Dr. Phil episode called Reality TV Stars Real Life Drama. Um, Johnny has also appeared on Celebrity Poker Showdown, Celebrity Fear Factor, Pawn Stars, and Camp Reality. He's gotten married to Karen Feinbeiner, no, Karen Finkbeiner, (laughs) sorry, in 2016, and they have one daughter together. Also, in 2013, he legally changed his name from John Dalton to Johnny Fairplay. So that's just something that you all should know. Here's a little fun fact about Johnny Fairplay, too. Um, I was gonna... Last year, I had plans to invite him on the podcast. I used to be friends with this person. I'm going to keep it kind of vague. We're not really friends anymore. But this person met Johnny Fairplay at a music festival in the southeast and took a picture with him and I guess like I had a, a nice chat and Johnny gave her his number and that person was like hey I'll give you Johnny's number and I was gonna be like okay great and I was just gonna text him and be like hey I have a podcast do you want to be on it um now I'm really glad that I don't just because he's horrible and I just would not want to talk to him at all and I want to talk shit on him and I feel like whenever I like reach out to the people that I you know do the show is about like I, I I never want anyone that I really go in on to like listen to this podcast because I don't want them to know that I'm talking shit on them because you know I'm a baby and I don't like confrontation and if anyone were to ever message me being like hey I heard what you said about me on your podcast I would like shit my pants so um I'm just glad that I don't have to I didn't decide to reach out to him and I don't have to like pretend to be nice to him or like not say mean things about him on this episode Uh, I think he also has a podcast. Um, It wasn't on Wikipedia, so I like didn't write it down. But I'm pretty sure he also has a podcast. If you want to listen to that, all right, you guys. That wraps it up for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. I am sorry once again that I missed out on last week. I am sorry if I got a little loopy on this episode. Um, I'm sorry if I pronounced a bunch of fucking words wrong because I know I definitely did. (laughs) it's hard. Life's hard right now. And, you know, I just, I would really appreciate if you could please give this a nice rating or review on Apple Podcasts, because that would really make my day. That would make, you know, that would make it all feel worth it. Even if one person listens at all, it's all worth it, yes. But, you know, when people leave reviews that are very nice and say that they enjoy your work, that makes it a little bit more worth it. So anyway, thank you all for listening. That's, I truly, truly do appreciate that a lot regardless of if you leave any reviews or ratings or anything else if you do want to follow me i am on facebook at snapback to reality podcast on instagram at snapback to reality pod or my personal instagram at really underscore riley if you want to follow me on twitter or tiktok that's both at riley said so tiktok's kind of fun i'm kind of posting more on tiktok now so like follow me there i guess (laughs) even though i said like months ago please don't follow me on tiktok i take it all back now um, and of course, you can always email me at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com. All right, you guys, thank you so much once again for listening. I really appreciate it. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe, stay healthy, uh, stay mentally healthy, like find an outlet if you are sliding into depression or anxiety, spirals like I was last week, and hopefully we can all make it through this. All right, guys, love ya, bye.